Welcome to the Lawless Living Podcast. I'm your host, Hannah Orbach. In this podcast, we're going to be talking all about interior design, business, wellness, and sustainability. I founded Lawless Design, a sustainable interior design studio, and over the years, I've used my passion for wellness with my creativity of design and found that there's a huge correlation between them. I'm so excited to have you on this journey with me. This podcast is sponsored by Rise Superfoods. If you know anything about me, you know that I am obsessed with matcha, have it every day. And so I've lately been having their matcha and their mushroom coffee blend. And so instead of just having typical coffee and matcha, this uses a blend of six different mushrooms that they have. And personally, I'm a huge fan of the flavor of matcha that they have. It's ceremonial grade. It's really high quality. And what I like about their blends is that it doesn't give you a huge crash. It has a lot less caffeine and I feel like it just sustains your energy a lot better. So if you want 15% off your order, you can use the code Hannah 15 at checkout. And yeah, I cannot recommend it enough. So you guys are really going to love it. I'm assuming that's Taylor Swift. It is Taylor Swift. Okay. <laughs> I, I have, wouldn't know. I have, Sorry. You don't know Cruel Summer? No. It's her single out right now. Yeah. The only one I know is Style. Style's you great. You need to calm down. I don't like that one. I like that song. It's like... Um, and then the like Romeo and Juliet one that came love, out. Love Story. Love Story. A million years ago. Um, That's it. That's seriously it? You mm-hmm. don't know... Look What You Made Me Do? Look, oh, oh, I yeah. can't come to the phone And right then now. Bad Blood. Bad Blood. That's a good song. with The one with Kendrick. Yes, the Kendrick one is superior to the um, one without Kendrick. Yes. I, actually, I totally agree. I feel, I mean, as a Swifty, I am definitely more in, like, the thick of it. I like the mm-hmm. more, like, underground songs. Yeah. However, I always think that they're the underground songs. And then, like, TikTok, especially with, like, Clean and, like, Come Back, Be Here. Those are, like, mm-hmm. two of my favorites. Even All Too Well years ago, I thought I was so indie. Like, I was like, oh, no one else knows these songs. Like, not even no one else knows them, but, like, these are my favorites. Like, everyone else likes, like, her popular singles. I'm a true like, fan. Oh, um, The Way I Loved You, when the re-record of um, Fearless came out, Taylor's version, everyone on TikTok was like, The Way I Love You. Like, And I was like, I thought that was my, like, I thought that was my favorite no. song. Like, no one else's. It's you and three million people. Probably like add another decimal or yeah, zero exactly. to that. But yep. yeah, um, we went to the um, concert, not the concert. I went to the concert months ago, but mm-hmm. um, I asked Mike to go to the concert movie with me last night. That man is such a gem because he is. He I'm even, assuming he's not a Swifty. No, but he's, you know what though? He'll tolerate it. That's good. Wink, wink. It's a Taylor Swift song. Oh. <laughs> um... I can't wait to get past the Taylor Swift conversation because I feel like (laughs) I'm going to do this the entire time and like I don't get it. No, I won't. Um, No, but he was really great though because um, I asked him to go to the concert with me Mm -hmm. and the movie. I did not ask my husband to go to the concert. Oh, so he didn't go to the concert. No, I would never do that. I feel like... You don't think that he would enjoy the concert for the production? Because she puts on a show. She puts on a show. I right. did. I did ask him this morning. I was like, what did you think of the... Because I've shown him videos mm-hmm. or like whatever. And he's seen some of this stuff. He knows every single song because I just always play her. Right. But I... He was like... He literally said... He was like, it was a great production. Like, cool production. But he, it's just like not his type of music. Yeah. We have completely different styles of music. I also feel like Taylor Swift is like the one like pop artists I actually really enjoy because I'm not big into pop Mm -hmm. but I think because it's so interesting the way her music like you named all of like those songs 
her singles are so different than like the rest of her albums. She'll put out like the most poppy, like catchy ones, but then the ones on the album are way more like sad, slower, like more like lyrically written. And it's really interesting when people are like, I don't like Taylor Swift, but then like they only know the yeah. popular ones. You're like, you don't really know all of her. No, but yeah. I feel like that with so many other artists too, because what I personally hate, I, I'm such like a big music fan, but what I hate is when people are like, oh, I hate Taylor Swift. Or like even like, oh, I hate this person. It's like, mm -hmm. they're such like a popular big artist. But like, it like what I think is acknowledging that someone's really talented, but it's just like not your thing. Yeah. And that's like, a difference. Yeah. And that's like Mike's like, yeah, yeah, she's super talented with like her writing and everything like that. Even her voice she's worked on, it's gotten so good. It's funny you say this because I was one of those people who I was just like, oh my God, whatever. Like I can't like stop talking about Taylor Swift, like I don't like her, whatever. And then she had a documentary that came out, I think oh. it was on Amazon Prime. Um, Netflix, the Miss Americana Netflix. one. Yes. yes. And I watched it, but I just watched it because I had nothing going on. It wasn't because I yeah. was like actually a fan of hers and wanted to know more. But by the end of that documentary, I was like, she's cool. Yeah. Like she's like a real human being, the way she talks to people, her writing process you know, even how involved she is with, like, producing and then, like, her, like, the, the staging of her shows and, like, everything. Yeah. Um, and the, I feel like in that documentary, I got to see the human side of her and I was like, oh, I would totally hang out with her. Like, if yeah, I knew her personally. So that documentary, and I think that's probably why artists like her put out these documentaries because they want to people to see them in a different light yeah. and, you know, see them writing or see them talking about really important issues. And so, um, I'm glad that I watched that because ever since that documentary, I've had a different look outlook on her. Yeah. Well, I feel like you have a respect for the person. It's like, you don't have to like the person's music, mm -hmm. but it's like, Hey, she writes every single lyric to every single song that she has. She's been working mm -hmm. and like, she wrote Speak Now, the entire album by herself, like, and because when she won Fearless mm -hmm. um, for Best Album of the Year, people were like, there's no way that that 18-year-old girl wrote that entire album. Mm -hmm. And so she was like, okay, I'll prove it to you, and wrote an entire album when she was, like, 20 by herself just to prove to people. And I feel like it's also kind of sad when you have to, like, look and, like, have to, like, prove something to people because yeah. they're like, you're too good to be true. And it's like, no, but she's actually just incredibly talented. Right, right. And you could just acknowledge that. Yeah. Um, I think for me, like, I've loved Taylor Swift since day since Tim McGraw came out her first song. Mm -hmm. I've just, I I just love. For me, I'm always really into lyrics with mm -hmm. music, and I just feel like the way that she writes is very relatable. Mm -hmm. And with her being two years older than me. By the time her album comes out, I'm at that age when she wrote the songs. Yeah. And so I feel like it's just, very, for me, it's very like cathartic to listen yeah. to that stuff. I also just love sad songs. I'm, like, so depressing. <laughs> like, but, like, like, I just want to cry sometimes. But that's why Red is my favorite because it's, it's so interesting because even at the show, she sings, like, three of, like, the only, like, really poppy songs. Like, mm -hmm. We're Never Getting Back Together, I Knew You Were Trouble in 22. The rest of the album is so different. It's more, like, all too well with, like, very sad, depressing songs. Mm -hmm. But, like, those are the songs that I just love, even yeah. though I'm in, like, an amazing marriage. Like, yeah. and I love... I'm, like, <laughs> I, just, like I just want to pretend like I'm heartbroken. Yeah, right. 
Friends Red came out when I um when I was studying abroad in Italy. Yeah. And I just remember it was like I'm like so emo. Like I would listen to All Too Well and just run to it. Like I would run around Florence and just have All Too Well on repeat. Wow. It is not a running song. Yeah, that's hard yeah. to do that. I don't know how you kept the motivation. I need like a banger. If I'm doing okay. cardio, I need the tempo of the song to match what I'm doing. Mm, yeah, you know, like yeah. I can't listen to like Adele and do sprints. See, that's a good, okay. Can't so Adele, it. amazing and very talented, just like not necessarily the type of music I would put on. Yeah. There are some ones where like Rolling in the Deep, love. Love. But like, that's like, again, like I'm like, wow, she's so talented, but it's just maybe not necessarily my style of music yeah. that I would put on. But you can still say like she's talented. Yeah. It's just and not the, what you And that's why I feel like love. people just need to like acknowledge with anyone. Like, like, even with, like, design, it's, like, wow, like, they're so talented. Like, that's such a cool design, but mm-hmm. maybe it's not necessarily, like, my style. I yes. Know. I think that's with anything. Yeah. I, yeah, for sure. But people just, I don't know. I feel like it's harder for people to do that. It's always easier to be, like, they suck because I don't like them. And people tend to not consider that, you know, their opinion is not the one that matters. Yeah. Like, it's just your opinion. Yeah. And you're one out of how many people in the world? It's also, like, I I don't know, there's this weird thing, too, I feel like sometimes where when people are insecure, you put other people down. Oh, project. And, yes. yeah, and it's so interesting to me because it's, like, I, like, like, I feel like when you're at a good spot and you're, like, you want other people to do mm-hmm. really well and encourage you and different things like that, I feel like even with, like, Mike and my marriage, like, he was the one that encouraged me to start my business. Mm -hmm. He was the one to encourage me to quit my full-time job. And I feel like there's a lot of guys that wouldn't want that necessarily or, like, might be afraid of that or whatever. And Mike's like, no, like, I know you're going to be great at this. Like, I know, like, people were telling him to not let me quit my job. And it was mm-hmm. like, I didn't want to quit my job because I was scared. Not let you. Like, he's your dad. Yeah, right? Like, like, yeah. Like, they were <laughs> like, why are you, why are you letting her quit? And it's like, Mike's like, what are you talking I don't about? I let Hannah do anything. Yeah. Like, yeah. And I feel like that's what's really cool is, like, I know that I wouldn't be here without mm-hmm. him. And it's not like, it's like he has his hand in my business and he's, like, doing all this stuff. But I think having that support with marriage and having him by my side we just had our five-year anniversary this past weekend mm-hmm. um and I just know like I feel like when you have the right partner in life it just it makes you better as a person like you want to be a better person for that person I think that's the whole point of a relationship mm-hmm. like if and I think that's a good sift to run people through in your life whether it be a romantic relationship or a friendship if they're not making you better in some aspect then I think you need to rethink you know why is this person in my life why do I invest time in them why do I bring energy to this place that there's nothing for me yeah you know and I I do understand in, like, especially romantic relationships, sometimes the other person can only do 20% and you kind of have to pick up and do 80 because they're going through something in their, in their career or, you know, with their family or whatever, and they can't give you what you deserve, yeah. you know, or what you need in that moment. And 
So you do, you know, I think that's the part of like the sacrifice that people don't talk about enough in a committed relationship mm-hmm. because the minute people start having to sacrifice, there's a tendency to say, I'm not happy. This isn't for me because it stopped being easy. It, yeah. it's like- Or you stopped getting your needs met. And the reality is in a long-term commitment, the person you're with, just like yourself, they're going to go through ups and downs Mm -hmm. and there are going to be times where they can give you a lot. And then there are going to be times that they can give you a little. And part of the commitment is I'm going to stay with you when you're at your best, but also when you're not. And so it's interesting because I listened to this um, psychotherapist called Esther Perel and amazing. I love her. Like she, she is like my dream celebrity. She's not really a celebrity, but like if I could choose to have dinner with anyone, it would be her Mm. because her insight on relationships is so complex. Mm -hmm. And I feel like sometimes when we are in a committed relationship, we think it's so black and white, but in reality, you are with another person that's living their own experience, you know? Yeah. And if they start showing up differently, there's something else going on. It's not necessarily because they don't love you and they don't want to be with you, but there's stuff going on that's not letting them show up fully or give a lot. And so um, she she describes, you know, talks about like infidelity and like all of that. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, I think overall... You need to be with someone who is supportive. Yeah. And support looks different. in, it, And that's so right. Yeah. And I feel like there's like seasons too of different support and stuff like that. Like the first year of my, my marriage, like I, I was trying to start like a business. And I was like quote unquote grinding and hustling. And I hate that mm-hmm. so much. When, and when I reflect back, it was like I didn't even want to like go to the beach and like, like go for a walk to the beach with Mike because Mm -hmm. what I thought, like, I thought like that if I wasn't working 24 seven, that Mike was going to be like, Oh, she's not working hard enough. Or like, Oh, she's like not a hard worker. And that's something where it's like, it sounds so stupid, but I've like, I know that's one of my like strong attributes in life is like, I'm Mm -hmm. a really hard worker. So I respect Mike so much where I was like, oh, if I'm not like doing this and like, I'm not doing my best, like I'm not going to be able to perform my best. And probably after like a year, like I think Mike just like finally, he was just like, you need to enjoy life. Like, why aren't you like, you're not doing anything. Like I was only working and I was like, well, I want you to be proud of me. And he's like, I am proud of you. Like, of course I am. And I was like, well, I don't want you to think I'm slacking off. He's like, when have I ever told you yeah. you are not working hard enough? And it was me projecting, and I'm like, yeah. well, you haven't. And he's like, has anyone in your life ever told you? And this was, like, such a breakthrough moment for me. He was like, when has anyone in your life ever told you you don't work hard enough? Mm-hmm. And I sat there, and I was just had to think, and I was like... Only me. Never. Like, yeah. yeah like, it's only ever <laughs> oh, been me. Yeah. And he was like, right. And he mm-hmm. was like, you are allowed to enjoy the life that you have, and work is always going to be there the next day. And I think that's something that I continue to have to work on because it's not necessarily like I am like, oh, I have to work or, you know, what is I love what we do. I love running a business. I love that. Mm-hmm. But there's also other things in life that I also really enjoy. And so having that balance and having that partner be able to one, support you 
and be my biggest cheerleader Mm -hmm. with everything, but also be like, hey, you need to rein it in, like, right now. Like, we're going to go out and, like, go for a walk to the beach with Kona, or, like, we're going to do this, or, like, let's go outside and read a book. Like, just anything. I feel like having that support in just different ways Mm -hmm. is just a game changer. No, absolutely. And I think it's, um, I think it's something, it's a huge thing to consider when picking a partner Yeah, is that, you know, because life is hard yeah. and the way your life changes dramatically from like month to month or year to year. I mean, you could have one event in your life that will change your life and your relationship forever. And so if you don't have someone who is sure of you, who is sure of your relationship, who wants to support you through whatever, who wants to give more when you can't give, you know, 50% or 100%, like, it's key. And so I always think it's really interesting how Mike supported you to start your design business, even though he's not in design at all. I think there's something to say about someone supporting you when they aren't in that yeah you know when they can't understand it like mike didn't know if it would be successful he knows nothing about design he probably didn't know if there was a market for it he didn't have like all the numbers and whatever he was just focused on you yeah and that is so powerful you know to have someone say like i don't really understand but i'm still gonna stick with you um i mean i that's when you think about how long life can be, hopefully is, you know, you want someone, because there's going to be a lot of phases that you don't understand or that you're uncertain about. And if you have someone who's constantly pulling back or, or you know, talking fear into your life, it just makes it hard for you to progress. But having someone who's going to speak life into you and say, no, let's try it, you know, go for it. I'll be here for you. Or, you know, I know the next year is going to be really tough because this business is new or whatever. Um, I'll make dinner or like, don't worry about this. Don't worry about that. That to me is true partnership. Yeah. Um, and so once you found it and that's why like even being in a committed relationship now, I understand how much friendship goes into a romantic relationship. Totally. Cause you need yeah. that foundation though. Like, you do. And like, even, even as, even as you progress in your romantic relationship, more often than not, you just need a friend. Like, I can't tell you how many times at the end of the day or at the end of the week, Carlos and I sit down and we want to, like, vent to each other and we just say, okay, I won't need a friend right now. Like, yeah. I don't need you to show up as my romantic partner. I need you to show up as a friend. Or, like, as a friend, what would your advice be? You know, what would you do? Because sometimes when you are thinking as a romantic partner, you can be a little selfish, you know, mm-hmm. um, but when you switch and you look at them, like, what would I want for my friend or what would I want a friend to want for me? You give them more grace. You know, you really start to see them as like the individual that they are. They're not just your husband or your fiance. They're also they're this individual person that's going through things. And so that conversation becomes so much more connected and vulnerable and it deepens the entire relationship but you have to approach it as you know I'm talking to my friend right now 
not necessarily just to my husband or my fiance or boyfriend, you know? Um, so we've had so many of those moments and like we still do when we're like, can I talk to my friend right now? Um, I remember when, when Carl's and I first started dating, he had enlisted in the, in the army and he was going away for like six months to basic training. And so we were together, we met, went on our first date or whatever for like three months and then he left for six months. And so we were writing letters like very early on in our relationship and I had to be a friend. He needed a friend. Any, if I stepped into my girlfriend's shoes, I would have been resentful. I would have been annoyed. I would have felt lonely, you know, like I want this relationship to grow, but how can it grow when you're away and we can't talk and whatever. Yeah. But I really had to step into like friend shoes and be like, how can I support him right now? Let me write really positive letters to him. If he ever gets the chance to, he, he got his phone like once a week on Sundays for like 20 minutes and he tried to call like three people. So he was on the phone with like five, like for five minutes. And part of me wanted to be like, I'm so stressed out. Like you're not here. I miss you. I feel lonely. Like it sucks to start a relationship off like this and just kind of like vent and word vomit. But I had to rail it in and say, how can I be a friend right now? You know, how can I be? And of course, like there are moments where I'm like this as a girlfriend or as a fiance, like this is what's wrong. This is what I need fixing in our relationship. Like for sure we have those conversations, but I also know that sometimes he just needs a friend and I just need to talk to him as a friend or listen to him as a friend. Um, and he does the same for me. And when he came back from basic training, he was home for like eight months and then he deployed for a year. So the first two years of our relationship, what like more than half of it was long distance. And it's really, it's really easy to get into that mindset of like, I deserve more, you know, I deserve a man who's around. I can't live like that, whatever. Mm -hmm. And honestly, if that is where you're at, then you just need to break that off. But I think for me, I knew that I wanted to be with him, but I also knew like, this is a really hard time. And how can I show up as a friend? How can I show up and give support? Because that's what he needed, you know? Um, so I think that has been a good foundation. Do you think that you guys dating and then having to do long distance quickly, did you realize then that you wanted to be with him like early on? Yeah, I mean, we spent the first three months of our relationship, we were, you know, together and... But it was like the beginning, like we would go out to dinner. It was yeah. like very new. And I think, I, I think part of me when he left to go to basic training was like, let's see how this goes. Like mm. I, I knew I had strong feelings for him, but I also didn't want to back myself into a corner where I was not taking care of my own needs. Cause I had done that in the past yep. to where I'm like so supportive that I forget about myself. And so that whole six month period when he was away for basic training, I was constantly checking in with myself and saying like, are you okay with not getting your needs met for this period of time yeah. and just focusing on this other person? Yeah. Like, is the relationship worth it? Is it worth it? Yeah. You know, if you were in the situation, would he do the same for you? Mm -hmm. And I think ultimately, yeah, you know, there is that give and take. And that's why for me, even when he came back and then left again for deployment, 
people will say, well, I could never. And I'm like, you could never because you don't have the partner that I have. Because you didn't find the, the relationship that was worth it. Yeah. I think that's it. Like, mm-hmm. at the end of the day. It's funny because, like, Mike and I did long distance, too. Like, um, people, like, people are like, I can never do long distance or whatever. Oh, I used to say that up and down all the time. I used to tell I could never do it. I don't know how you do it. Like, that's so strange. I've never had... I was that person. I've never had a relationship, like, not distant. (laughs) I don't... I actually don't think I could have done it where I was, like, close to someone. Well, what... Is your love language not physical touch? Not really. That's why you could do it. Yeah, I guess, And that's why it it would throw me off before Carlos, because that is one of my love languages. Like, if someone, like, hugs me, holds my hand, like... I need to be, and it doesn't always have to be sexual, but, like, I need touch from everyone, even from my friendships. Like, I hug people when I see them. Like, I touch their arm. Like, that's how I show and receive love. So that's, for me, why I used to always say, like, I could never do long distance because that's such a huge Mm. part. That makes, yeah, no, that makes a ton of sense. I think for me, like, even, like, like, I don't know, just growing up, like, I... I was never really, like, one to, like, necessarily want, like, a relationship mm-hmm. necessarily. Um, but I feel like, especially in college, like, and when I graduated college, it was, like, the furthest thing from my mind is, like, having having a relationship or anything like that because I was just always really career-focused, to be honest. And, like, in school, my the school I went to was really, really expensive. And I was, like, I need to commit everything that I have because, like, it was really expensive. I felt guilty about going to... Oh, school it cost a lot so I worked after school and I I went to school and I wanted to do really well um and so when I graduated and I moved down to Philly it was literally like the furthest thing from my mind I feel like I just needed to have like a growing period mm-hmm. and it's funny because when I lived there um going to the gym there were these like middle-aged people or whatever and they were like oh if you met Mike like you guys would get along you have so much like in common or whatever and I saw him at the gym every single morning for an entire year and I thought he was attractive and I was like oh yeah he's a handsome guy but like mm-hmm. I'm just not in the mindset to want a relationship I just didn't think in my heart that I for a long time I feel like I needed a, like to work on myself and wasn't in a place where I was able to commit to like even having any kind of relationship or even being there for anyone and it's funny because and I've to, I don't know if I've told it on the podcast, but obviously, you know, like we met the week I was moving, like the week I had committed to moving back up to Boston, I'd committed to another job. Mm-hmm. He came over and introduced himself to me and we chatted and it's funny, like long story short, like obviously, yeah, we're married now, but it like worked out. it worked out. Yeah. But, um, he had asked me out that weekend and I was like, Oh, I'm so sorry. I'm moving. And he was like, well, that's fine. We can do it next weekend. And I was like, no, like, I'm moving to Boston. And he was like, oh, okay. And he was like, I mean, I'd like to get your number anyways, though. And I remember texting my friend after. Which is so crazy to me because, like, for me would have been like, okay, well, we're done here. Yeah, like, peace. Like, bye. Yeah, like, I'm not. And that's so much to do for someone you have just seen at the gym. We've not, yeah, we never even had like more than a five minute conversation. And I texted my friend who also, um, they're married now. And like her husband, um, was in the military and I texted her and I was like, why does this guy want my number? Like I'm moving. And I remember her response and she said, 
a guy worth driving 400 miles to take you out to dinner is a guy worth going on a date with. And Absolutely. I, and I was like, wow, okay. And it's so wild. Like, so he he faked a business trip up to um, to visit me. So mm-hmm. it didn't seem like so desperate. much. Yeah. I guess like <laughs> not, maybe not desperate, but maybe just like that's a lot for a first date. Like right. that, that's a lot of pressure. Right. And I think I probably would have been like, what the heck? Like I would have pulled away really yeah. easily. And so he was like, oh yeah, I'm going to be up in that area anyway. Like perfect. Smart move. Yeah, I know. And so like on our first date, I knew that day mm-hmm. that we were going to get ma- like that. He was going to be my husband. Like we just clicked so much and we had so much in common. He like just in life and our values and just like the conversation was so easy. Mm-hmm. And I think for both of us, what was really nice with that long distance was we both had businesses like starting businesses. We both had a lot going on career wise. And I think having the long distance. So basically we would um, drive or take the train to see each other um, once every like two or three weeks. And we would spend the weekend together. And for us, I think that was actually the perfect thing that we needed, both of us, for our, for a relationship. One, because we just didn't have a time to commit to someone a lot because we were, like, working on ourselves and our careers and stuff like that, and that was kind of our focus. Mm-hmm. But then, two, like, I also think that what's cool about long distance was we knew so early on that, like, we were going to be together because it's such a big commitment to take that eight hours to take a train or drive like it's like I'm not just going to be doing this for no one so very early on we had probably within like the first month we had conversations about marriage which is so wild when you think about it that is wild and I was 23 when we met yeah which I thought it was so old (laughs) like oh my god that's a whole nother episode uh, the way that like we grew up in oh god um the expectations for women around marriage and kids is so deeply ingrained and it starts so early. Yeah. I mean, that's like, I mean, the church that I grew up in, oh. it was just like... And then you throw the church in there and it's yeah. like, <laughs> now we need two episodes just to talk about that. It's, yeah. But I think I, you know, just with that, like, I think the long distance, we did long distance for three years. Um, literally up until we got married, we were still engaged doing long distance. Um, we had bought the house here, but neither one of us were living here. We had the house for six months. That's so wild. I couldn't... I mean, I'm saying I couldn't, I should, I need to stop saying I could never because then life puts me in that situation that I said I <laughs> couldn't do and then I figure it out. But three years is like, we did it because we had to like, yeah. you know, army commitments, you can't really pick and choose, but I still don't consider myself like someone who can do long distance. And I think it's because the way that I connect is through physical touch and quality time and so we had to learn, we had to adapt, you know, like so that we could make it. We had to adapt because we didn't have that. Um, but it was rough. Like it was very rough. Like oh, I, yeah. I was not feeling like, oh, this is great. Like, you know, cause I, and I was so busy, you know, like he wasn't here, but I was living my life, but it was like a, a real test for sure. And I'm, yeah, and I definitely want to, you know, just make this known long distance. I, by no means I'm saying it was easy. Mm-hmm. It was not. It was, and there was a lot of times too, where I feel like having that partner 
to be there to give you a hug when you're stressed out about something, not having that, there were so many times that it was really, really hard for both of us. And it was like, you just hit like your breaking point where you're like, and do you ever like, this happens to me and I don't know how to explain it. Somebody like leave us a comment and tell me what kind of mental illness this is. <laughs> but do you ever get angry at your partner because you miss them too much? Oh yeah. This what happened to me all the time. I would have an attitude towards Carlos because yes. I missed him a lot and I was frustrated that I couldn't see him. Yeah. So it was like, I just needed to di direct that frustration of being long distance to somebody and he ended, it ended up being him. I'm sure I could have just had a healthy conversation about like <laughs> <laughs> my feelings, but I was like actually angry and it was because I was just like, I really miss you and this sucks. No, I mean, I, I, I totally get that. And it was really hard. And there were a lot of times too, where we would have a planned weekend where like Mike would be driving up. And then he would call me and be like, hey, I am so sorry, but like this came up, like I have to come next weekend. And it was like devastating because you're like oh, so excited and you've God. like built up like I'm so excited to see you. And like I did it too. And that was really hard. But I also think what the positive came out of it was so early on we knew we were committed to one another. But I also think we got to know each other so well, so mm -hmm. quickly because all we ever did was talk like Every night before bed, he would call me and we would talk on the phone and we just got to know one another because like, you're just talking and it wasn't just like, you're like sitting on the sofa watching Netflix, like watching a movie and like whatever. Like, mm -hmm. it's like we had really real in-depth conversations yeah. and I mean, it, I just think that it was really worth it for us. Yeah. And, that, yeah. that is funny that you bring that up because that is one of the benefits of long distance. If you do it right, is that it forces you to have really meaningful conversations because it's all you have. Yeah. All you have is talking. Yeah. So, you know, sometimes when you're together, you can just cuddle on the couch and like, you know, wipe that conversation that you really should be having under the rug. Um, but when you're long distance, it forces you to talk about the good, the bad, to really get into like the other person's vulnerable side and you to show yours. So I will say that is one thing that came out of like my experience that once Carlos came back home, I was like, wow, I really feel so much more connected because we had really deep conversations because all we had, all we had was talking, yeah. you know? And so... Um, that's how we could connect where before we would just like cuddle and it was like quiet, but like we could, we were talking with like our bodies. Yeah. Um, but once you take that away, it forces you to talk about things. So yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't do it again though. <laughs> I would not go back. I'm to, all set. Yeah. I would not go back to that. Actually, it was interesting too. Cause when we got married, Mike was working for a company in Pittsburgh and it was supposed to be like travel there once a month but ended up being travel there for an entire week every other week and so it was interesting because we were married but then we were still doing long distance half oh, the time God. for a while um maybe for like six months or eight months or something like but that. when you're newlyweds that's the last thing you want <sighs> yeah I do think also it was probably a good transition point too because I think from going to like never seeing each other to, to the 24 7 yeah, yeah I think it actually I mean it all works out in the end again I think it was tough because it's like you just want your partner there with you mm -hmm. um but I think Mike and I are also we're just we're both like pretty independent but like also both like pretty introverted I think I'm more introverted than Mike is um 
but like I'm also okay with just being alone and like I actually need that like alone time and so I think also having that part of like the person being away and then being able to miss them I think you are also able to appreciate the person more than if they're just always constantly around I think sometimes you might be like taking that for granted and so I think with Mike and I we've just really learned that because like my my love language is more like quality time Mm -hmm. and I think for me, like, I appreciate more when we spend time together and when we do things and when he is here yeah. than if we weren't. And there might be a phase, like now, you know, he's works in mass and you work in mass and yeah. you guys obviously he live doesn't, together. He doesn't travel anymore. He doesn't travel anymore. <laughs> yeah. So now you are, you do see him every day. Exactly. And you are together a lot more. So that's a whole nother adjustment, you know, and it's like, how do we still keep the fire, if you will, when we are seeing each other every day and then there's like the routine of everyday life and there are problems. And so that's what I meant. That's what I was talking about when I said in the beginning, you just have to find someone who is willing to go through all the different phases of life, but also through all the different phases of who you're going to be. Yeah. And of course that's unknown. Like I don't know who I'm going to be in a year or two. And so when you're saying, yeah, it, I heard someone say this the other day on a podcast, when you say yes to someone, you don't really know what you're saying yes to because you're saying yes to the person in front of you and how they're acting today. And hopefully there is a pattern, you know, hopefully they're consistent and there is a pattern. You're like, well, you know, for the past three years, he's been like this. So it's highly likely that this, (laughs) this is who he's going to be, but you don't really know. But I also think it's good. Like, I feel like also you want someone who's going to grow with you and like, well, you hope that that's what I'm saying. You're like, I, we hope, like, I feel like, I mean, obviously the divorce rate is like so high and I always hear people talking about, we grew apart and now, like, even though Carlos and I aren't married yet, we live together. So we, we do live a married life Yeah. and he has his own business and I have all my own stuff going on and we both come from divorced parents. So we don't have... We don't know what it looks like to grow up, grow together. Mm. You know yeah, what I mean? you don't have that, yeah. We don't have that example. So, but you do in friendships and, like, other things, too, though. So I, Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, that's what we try to pull. Like, yeah. what did we learn from this 20-year friendship? Yeah. You know, and that's where, like, being a friend to your partner is a really... Is one of those things that I have learned. But it's tricky. Like, if if it were easy, you know, the divorce rate wouldn't be so high. I think just because you found your person doesn't mean that it's going to be easy all the time. And I no. hear <laughs> I hear people saying this a lot, and maybe it's just they don't have the right word for it. But I I hear especially women saying like, "Well, I just want to like I just want it to be easy. I just want it to feel easy and natural with this person." And I understand what they mean to a certain degree. Like when Carl's and I started dating. It was super easy. You know, it was very organic. Like things just, they just happened, you know? But once you take on a commitment and there's life responsibilities and there's like real problems that need to be figured out on your day to day and there's finances and there's, you know, when do we want to start a family? Are we going to buy another house? Are we going to sell this house? What are the, when you put all of that into one pot, it, makes everything difficult 
including your relationship, but that doesn't mean that, you know, he stopped being the right person for me. It's just, we're in the thick of it and this is a season of life and how we move through it is going to determine what our next season of life is gonna be like, but it's just understanding that the season of life you're in and the season that your relationship is in sometimes is difficult. Well, I think too, like, and I, and I say this and no, like, no, it's not like, like for me, I look at like when people say like, oh, marriage is so hard. Like, you know, like I'm sure now that you're engaged, like people are probably like, get ready, you know, like marriage is hard or like be prepared. And it's Mm kind of like, no, just like life is hard in general. Life is hard. This year sucks. Like, like, (laughs) like life is just Hard. And obviously that's going to affect your romantic relationship. But I also feel like marriage isn't hard. Mm-hmm. Marriage is something that you should be willing to work at and work with your partner. Like, yes, life is hard, but you should want to compromise with your partner. Like, maybe it's not like necessarily like, oh, I don't want my way. But it's also like when you look at it, it's like I am willing to compromise because I love this person and like this is what they need and what they I'm going to put their needs above mine at this time. And I hope that like the next time something comes up, it's going to be reciprocated. And I think it's just a balance like what you talked about earlier. It's a balance like there have been seasons in life where Mike has been there way more for me. There's also been other seasons life where I've been there for Mike and it's just it, it balances each other out. And I think that's, you know, what a strong, good marriage is, is that you are able to put the other person above yourself when they need yeah, that. Yeah, I agree. And I agree. I don't think it's hard, but I think it's work. It is. And I don't think people expect it to be work. You know, they just think that the chemistry is always going to be there. You're always going to want to have sex. Like you're always going to want to go on a date night. You're always going to have like the warm feelings. Like you're just, and you're not. No. Like you're just not. And a lot of the times it's not even because of the other person. It's because of what you have going on or the way that you're feeling about your body. Like I know for me as a woman that happens so much, the minute I don't like my body or I don't feel good in my body, it affects my relationship. Yeah. Like instantly. And so to have that conversation, to be able to say like, it's not you, it's me. Like, I don't feel good about my body. It's me. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) And just to have that conversation, like I'm feeling insecure about my body. I don't like the way I feel. I don't like the way I look. You know, it has nothing to do with you. And then again, you have that really open conversation, right? But it's work because now the other person has to understand you even though they don't agree, like Carl's look at me and say, you're beautiful. Like, I'm so attracted to you. I think you look fine, but I don't feel that way about myself. And now he has to work hard to try to understand how I feel and try to manage that season in our relationship. So it's, it's for sure work, but I think that if you're doing it with the right person, it's work that is, that is worth it. Yeah. And I feel like too, like, um, you know, like, I feel like I sound like, oh, marriage is like so easy and like perfect. Like my marriage is perfect. Like, no, like Mike and I have been married for five years now and we've gone through a lot of hard stuff, like both in dating mm-hmm. and in our marriage. And like, it's been, there's been a lot of stuff that like, I don't share a lot personally mm-hmm. online about. I feel like, a, like, you know, even like our first 
even like something like if you don't have a dog you probably think this is trivial but if you have a dog you get it like the first two months into our marriage like we got a dog um and we got a puppy and within like another two months he passed away because of a congenital liver disease and like to have that like you're newlyweds you're excited you have your first dog together Mike. and then boom a loss and then you have a loss yeah. and there's been a lot of loss in our like in our relationship and marriage and we've, I think, you know, for us, going through really hard things has actually helped strengthen our relationship and our bond because we're just there for one another. Yeah. And, like, this year, like, and I haven't ever shared this before, and I feel like, like, only you and, like, a couple, like, Erica and, like, a couple of our close friends and family know this, but, like, this, you know, this year I thought I was going to share this, like, when we were on the other side or whatever but like back in February I had a miscarriage at 11 weeks and that has been really hard and I think just like mentally like physically this yeah. year has just looked very different than what I thought it was going to be and I know I like without having a partner like Mike mm -hmm. um <laughs> Um, it would have been just, I, I don't think I could have gone through it. Mm -hmm. And yeah, it's just, it's been a really hard year. Yeah. Um, for me, I think as someone who, how we were talking about earlier, like I pride myself on achievements mm -hmm. and hard work. And you've said to me in the past, like, you're like, you're the healthiest woman I know. Yeah. And I felt so ashamed. Like, I felt like I let Mike down. Mm -hmm. Like, women have been having kids for thousands of years, and I couldn't do the one simple thing I'm biologically supposed to be able yeah. to do. And I felt embarrassed that, like, I'm supposed to be, like, the epitome of health, and everyone tells me, like, oh, you're so healthy, and it's like there's something wrong with my body. Yeah. And it's not, it's like, I can't control it. And so like early in this year, and like the thing is, no one knew this was going on. The day after, like the, the day it happened, we were supposed to have the photo shoot. Yeah, yeah. And I was trying to do the photo shoot before, even though I knew it was going, like what is wrong with me? Mm -hmm. Like I texted you in Joyal in the middle of the night and I was like, hey, can we pull up the photo shoot? And, like, I was, like, oh, I'm going to go to the, like, I think, I don't know if I told you, like, I'm going to go to the doctors after. Yeah. And it's, like, what is wrong with me? Like, I, and then, obviously, we had to cancel. But, like, no one knew. I was, I don't think I let it sink in because I didn't want to sit with my feelings. Yeah. Because I was so ashamed. Yeah. It was, like, the shame, embarrassment I didn't talk to like any friends or family who knew I didn't talk to people for weeks. Yeah. Like for like two or three weeks, I told my parents I couldn't talk to them because I didn't want the, the sorrow and sadness from everyone else. Yeah. Like, it was like, I, I just wanted to just pretend like mm -hmm. I was okay. Yeah. And I was fine. And I, worked the next day and on and 
I almost felt like, and Mike did the same thing, Mike went to work the next day and I almost feel like it was what we personally needed. And I know people think that's probably wrong and that, you know, that's not how they would have handled it. But I think for Mike and I, we both were just so like mentally and physically just couldn't like, couldn't believe that. Like we thought I was far enough along that that wouldn't have happened. Um, that it was almost nice to pretend like things were okay with other people, like clients, like having client meetings and like just almost getting out of that. And then, you know, after like a month, I feel like I was then kind of able to like really sit with stuff. Um, but this year was, I had, you know, a lot of anxiety that I've never experienced before. Um, I cried myself to sleep for months. Mm -hmm. um, obviously depressed. And yeah. um, I know that if I didn't have Mike there, that it, like, I don't know, like, it, it was just, it was really hard. Mm -hmm. um, well, first of all, I, it's so brave of you to share this right now because first of all, I didn't think you were going to share at all, like ever. I never thought I that didn't it either. Would, <laughs> I never thought that it was going to be something that you wanted the public to know just because it was such a devastating loss and you're still processing. Yeah. So I thought one, she's not going to share. And even if she does, it's going to be, you know, years down the road. So for you to still be in this messy middle still processing the loss, still trying to heal your body, still trying to wrap your mind around what happened and be talking about it, I think is so brave and it's gonna help so many other women or so many other couples that are going through this because people are going through it, but no one ever talks about it. You know, like I feel like it's so easy to go on your Instagram and be like, she has this really successful business and um, she's been with her husband for so long and they have like this amazing relationship and her family and but whatever and just to say she doesn't have real issues but for you to have all this success and still be able to say like no actually like we're struggling I'm struggling this has been really hard um is is really brave and I think a lot of people can learn from it um and I have never been in this situation, but I can, I can't even imagine what it feels like. But I think when I talk about seasons of life and the hardship that comes, this is what I mean, you know, and to have a partner that's going to not necessarily understand your emotions because in this situation, like Mike wasn't pregnant, he doesn't have any physical consequences to what happened you know what I mean and as sad as he may be like that was his child also for you for the woman who was actually carrying and then now has to live with all of with all like all these physical symptoms of a body that's trying to heal itself it's a constant reminder for you and he might be wanting to try to move on and heal, but he still needs to be mindful of what you're going through and extend you grace and, you know, cry when you cry and hold you and be there. And that, I think, for me is such a huge testimony of, like, 
what a wonderful man he is, but also what marriage can look like. Because no one did anything wrong in this relationship or in this case, it just happened. You know, it was something that was thrown into your lap, into his lap, like what loss. And you guys are left to figure out how to handle it yeah. individually and as a couple. I think for us, like, um, I, I feel like it's like for us, what we're trying to take from this, cause it's definitely like still really hard to process. And I feel yeah. like I go through, like I have my days that I can talk about and I have my days that I can't. And I feel like, yeah, like I haven't, I didn't ever think I wanted, like I would one share it ever. Um, and then if thought, if I did, it was like, we already have a baby. Like we, we here we go. We made like, it. We made it. Like, and I just feel like I don't know when that's going to happen anymore. And I think for a while I was trying to be like, I'm going to do this once this happens and like, I'll be able to do this, this. And one of my friends, I was talking to about that. She's just like, you just need to live your life. You can't put your life on pause for anything anymore. And I know you had said that with like you, like you, you not having to go through it. And I just feel like as someone, like I had, you know, some great friends that were really there for me. And I think the biggest thing that you can do is just say, I am here for you when you need. And that's what I didn't want like you know for a while like the first few weeks like I didn't want to have a conversation about like I'm sorry for your loss like because of course it's sad of course that and you know it, like it's also tough when people are like hey it happened it's common it happens to people and because that's annoying I didn't know anyone yeah of our like of any of my friends my age that went through this and it's not helpful because then it is almost like well it's then dismissive it's almost like should I not feel this way like right. I almost felt like you feel this overwhelming sense of guilt uh you know just obviously you know, of course because you're mm -hmm. like what did I do wrong you're nitpicking like I, I ate this was I not supposed to was I did I exercise did I exercise much? I totally did that and I was like this is my fault and the bit and the thing that Mike told me is the day that it happened, he looked me in the eye and he was like, I need you to promise me you are mm -hmm. not going to blame yourself mm -hmm. for this. And I just looked at him and I was like, I can't do that. Yeah. Because I genuinely believe that it is right. my fault. Yeah. Like, I was like, I can't make you that promise because I'm not going to lie to you. Yeah. And you need time to like get there if ever. It took, I mean, I think now like it's been what, like eight months. Like I think now... I'm able to reflect back a little bit more and like it, I, I don't blame myself anymore because mm -hmm. I think you can kind of come out of it and, you know, just look back and be like, we don't know what happened. Yeah. Um, but I also think like there now when we are going to have a kid, we're going to appreciate having that kid so much more. Yeah. Like I, like maybe I wouldn't, you know, maybe when they were grown up and they had like a sporting game or something, or I had a meeting for work, like, mm -hmm. it, and I just wasn't there for my kid. Now it's like, no, like that, that stuff in life can be put on hold. Like, and when we do have a kid, I feel like now like that's going to be 
even more of a priority yeah. than maybe if it weren't. And I'm not trying to say like everything happens for a reason because it sucks. Like it, yeah. it sucks. I never would want this. I feel like it's, that's one of the things when someone is processing loss or when they're experiencing loss to say everything happens for a reason sounds so cruel. Yeah. It just sounds cruel, you know, because when you're going through something sad, how can this be for a positive reason? And and maybe it will be in the future, but I just think when someone is in the middle of it, that's not a good thing to bring up. Or to say, you know, like, cheer up, like, it's going to be fine, it's going to work out, whatever. And it's like, maybe it will, but maybe it won't, you know? And, and even if it does, the, what you're going through is still a loss. Even when you have your baby or babies, this is still a loss. This is still significant. It doesn't... That happiness that you're going to feel in the future doesn't take away from the sadness you're feeling now and have felt this year. I think it will be really interesting for you to talk about what are some ways that if we have women who are listening to this that are going through this right now, or if we have husbands and boyfriends and fiancés that are listening to this and you know their partner just went through a miscarriage, what are some ways that your partner can help you when you're when you're because they're also going through yeah. something honestly what I was helpful for you guys or for you that Mike did I think just asking them what they need because I also think that everyone's different and I think for me I need to process things by myself a lot of times and like for me actually writing was really cathartic and I just wrote a lot during that time um, just to get my emotion it's almost like the release of emotions out for me personally I know sometimes other people um they want their friends and family over and they want to be with people and they want to be immersed in love and everything and for me I just what I couldn't do is I couldn't face my loved ones who knew because it would break my heart seeing their heart broken yeah and I just like I couldn't have that I couldn't it was really hard. I couldn't talk to my parents, who mm -hmm. I'm so close with, because I saw that their heart was broken, too. Um, and so I think really just asking the person what they need. Like, how can I be there for you? Because I also think part of it, too, is, like, there were some times where I felt like I wasn't getting mm -hmm. the space I needed from some people. And it was almost like I resented them because they weren't letting me process things by myself how I needed to at that time. And it was like I was frustrated with them when it wasn't any of their fault. They were just trying to show me love in how they knew to. So I think just asking that person, like, what do you need? And that might change from day to day. But if the person's like, hey, I just, I just need you to sit with me and, like, watch a movie and just zone out or like I need to go take a trip to get away for a couple of days so we don't have to be in the house like whatever that looks like I think just asking yeah and not assuming that's so good because everyone's so different yeah for sure and I think if you are a woman who's going through this and you don't have someone in your life who's asking and they're just assuming what you need I think if you have the strength right now to tell that person or those people, hey, instead of just assuming, can you ask me what I need? 
Yeah. Because it changed. I'm assuming it changes every day. It like changed. The, their grieving process is different every day. And my friend called, like, called me, and she told me she was like, because I also, and, and for a while, I and I don't think anyone knew this is what, and I have to say something to you, like, you were there for me so much, just like as a friend, but then also in the business too, and me just saying to you, like. I can't do anything on socials. Like, I can't do any of this. I need you to handle this for me. And you were like, great, I got it. Don't worry about it. And I think part of why no one knew what was going on, even though the friends who knew what was going on with me personally, they saw posting on there and they were like, what, like, what is, like, they, it was mixed messaging for them. And my friend told me, like, I don't know what you need. And I told her, like, I'm fine if we talk about like this, but I'm, I can't talk about this mm -hmm. or like, I'm okay if you call me and like, we don't have to talk about what happened. Like, I just want a friend, but I don't necessarily need, you know, and I think it also changes because it's awkward. I think as the friend about how to approach a conversation and I totally get that. Yeah. And I, I knew it was hard for the people. And that's almost why I backed off. Because Especially I if you haven't know. gone through it. No. You know, like, I haven't experienced a miscarriage. And so, but I'm sensitive enough to know that it's obviously a loss. And it's extremely sad. Especially because you guys wanted to start a family. So... I think for me, I was afraid to say anything because I didn't know if you were ready for it. Because again, every day is different when you're processing a loss. So I, I think what I tried to do, and you can, you can say if this was helpful or not, is just be available. Yeah. And when you want to talk about it, I would talk about it. And when you didn't, I didn't bring it up. And if you needed me to take over content for socials, I did it. You know, just, I'm here for what you need. Like, do I need to come over? Do we need to be on the phone for two hours? Do I need to take on more business things so that, you know, you can cry for three hours on the couch? Like, whatever. I think as a friend or as someone who has not gone through this and you have to, and you want to show support to someone who's in the middle of it, I think being available is, is, is it. Like, that is your number one job. Yeah. As the supporting friend is to just be available. No, and I think that was perfect. Like, I think that that's what I needed um, for me personally. And, you know, one of my best friends who, my best friends, she's, we've known each other since we were three. So I feel like she knows me better than, you know, a lot of, you know, most people. And she did something very similar too, where it was like, you know, once a week, hey, I'm just checking in. Like, I'm here for you when you're ready to talk. And, you know, after a few weeks, it, I was like, I need you to come over. Like, I, 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 now I'm ready. Now I need that friendship. And it was like, as soon as I needed that, it was like at the drop of a hat. She was here and was just there. And, I, you know, I think that's where it's just like just acknowledging you're there for the person. I am here for you in whatever space that looks yeah. like and so that's what I really appreciated about you yeah because you did that that's good I'm glad that it worked because again I was kind of but I also, it was like a shot in the dark you know because no. sometimes you feel like maybe I need to say more because I think when you're not nervous but 
sometimes we want to fill the quiet spaces yes. so much and we just want to talk and talk and talk. But whenever I was tempted to do that, I'm like, but what am I going to, there's, no, there are no words. There's nothing that I could say that's going to make this better or more understandable or, you know, like there just isn't. And so I think being quiet and letting the person who's going through it dictate the pace and what's talked about and when and, you know, how deep into it are we going to get, I think that's best. Well, I think too, like part of it is for me sometimes if I like got a call or like a text from someone and I was like, because you go through waves, Mm -hmm. like, you know, at least me personally, it was like, one minute I'm not thinking about it the next minute I'm sobbing because like it just hits you and if I saw my phone light up with someone asking how I'm doing it was like oh yes you forgot for 30 seconds that you're supposed to be incredibly depressed yeah and then it would just hit me again and so it was almost just like having that like constant reminder of people it was that was really tough because it's like it it just continued to like not allow me personally to just heal but I also think at the same time like you had said like I haven't gone through this everyone in life has gone through hard things though and it doesn't mean that because you haven't gone through the loss of a kid or you know anything like that that you're not able to empathize with what else someone is going on with because everyone's been through hard stuff in life and so it's just being there for yeah. the person at the end of the day. How do you think, or in what ways has your relationship with Mike changed since this happened in February? February. Yeah. So it's been a year for you personally in the business, but also in your marriage. What has changed? <laughs> I think for us, what helped like is strengthen the dependency on one another like almost like I was not in a good place and Mike was like I got you Mm -hmm. and it was like that like bond of like your partner just being there for you Mm -hmm. and he was just like when I just needed to cry he would sit there with me Mm -hmm. and just allow me to cry when like and I think that was just like having that person where Mm -hmm. you aren't like you're just able to feel anything that you need to and they are just there for you um I think that's been really great and I also just think being able to go through really hard things but do it together Mm -hmm. I think that helps strengthen a relationship because it's not always going to be easy and I also know that stuff like this can tear people apart and I was gonna I was gonna bring that up it's easier yeah. to be torn apart by the hard things than it is to come out of it stronger. Like, what? how are you guys coming out of this stronger and not the latter? I think communication. I think being able to communicate with what you need, how you're doing. And I also think, just also, I think both of us, you know, even that day, when it happened and we got home we both turned to each other and we go when we do have a kid we're gonna love that Mm -hmm. kid and appreciate the kid even more Mm -hmm. now Mm -hmm. and it was just like I think both Mike and I like and I say this 
we're so different. Like when people like personalities, like just everything, we're so different, mm -hmm. but we're so in sync on so many things in life that it's just like, I feel like for us, we have the same mentality when things happen, like we are going to get through this. And, mm -hmm. you know, I think that's, what's really cool. And what I just love and appreciate about, you know, not only my relationship, but just him in general is like, he's just such an incredible person. And I think, you know, it's, I think it's really rare that we, what the bond that we have. Yeah, absolutely. I'm thinking about what you said at the beginning of the episode when you were talking about your long distance experience and you said, Mike and I are two independent people. So we knew that we could do long distance and it's interesting how something happened to make you either just you or I'm sure both of you realize how dependent you actually are on each other. Yeah. And those are the turns that it takes, right? You think you're like, I'm this independent person and I can be securely attached. You can be over there. I can be here. We can be working on our own things and it's fine and we can do it this way and it's okay. But then something happens, right? I mean, it's like in the blink of an eye, something so devastating happens that makes you realize how dependent you actually are on that person and I wonder for you, was it like a different, had you experienced that level of dependency before? Never. I mean, I actually like, it's, it's, I actually feel like I kind of forgot about this part where like, I was incredibly dependent on him when it first happened. Like, not in the sense of like, I need you to do something, but I was like, I don't want to be away from you. Mm -hmm. And it was like, it was hard when he would go to the office and go to work and we weren't together. And I was just like, I need, like, I need you to just be near me. And I think that was part of the anxiety that I had. And it was driven, um, by a lot of really, really, I had a lot of really anxious thoughts, just like, uh, it like literally stimulated from projects and work, mm -hmm. uh, where it was like, what would happen, like, do we, like, triple check this 50 million times, and, mm -hmm. like, what if this happens, and this, and this wasn't, you know, whatever, and it was almost like I would start spiraling if he wasn't there to just be like, stop, you're fine, like, everything's okay, like, Mike, I think Mike is really good at just, like, being, he's very logical, he's an engineer, and so it's like, He's thank so, God. Yeah, thank God. <laughs> He's so black and white with things mm -hmm. that it's just like to him, things need to make logically set like sense. Where mm -hmm. I'm much more of like just like a knee jerk feelings, knee jerk reaction yeah, yeah. kind of thing. Um, logic doesn't play into my head ever. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so for him, it was just like having that more of a thought, like logical sense of like, hey, you checked this, you got the team, like this is okay. Like, you're going to be okay. Like I definitely needed that in the beginning. Um, and so I think that was not something that I ever necessarily thought I would need that level of dependency because I've never, like, I've never needed that. Um, and I don't think Mike ever thought he needed to give that to me, 
but in it that stretched you yeah of you. but I think in that season he was like I need I need to be there for her like more, he's there for me more than enough now but like mm-hmm. I need to be there for her just a little bit more right now and in a different way and in a diff- a completely different way than he ever probably thought he needed to be yeah so <sighs> I need a tissue that was a lot I don't drink anymore but I feel like <laughs> <laughs> if I did <laughs> a shot right now of tea yeah, <laughs> yeah. of herbal lavender lemon yes. tea yes um well I think this is a perfect, what you're going through is a perfect example of what we started the episode with in that you could be with the right person and still go through some shitty stuff. Yep. And what's going to determine the quality of your relationship with that person is how you handle the hard times. And so... You know, I think being a friend, which I'm sure Mike has been a friend to you, you know, more than ever during this time, giving people space, um, communication, I think all of those things are, is really what I'm taking from this conversation. And I also, I, I don't know that I have, like, I don't have relationship advice because I'm still going through it. You know, Mm -hmm. there are so many things that I thought were the right things two years ago, or even before Carlos and I started living together, I I was like, this is what you do in a healthy relationship. And it's like, says who? You know, I think there are some good practices that might work for your relationship, but I also think that your relationship is unique to you and your partner. And you just have to do whatever works for you. And that is going to change at every single season. You know, what was right for us three years ago isn't anymore. And I don't know that it's going to be in the next three. So I always have more questions than I do advice when it comes to relationship because none of us can really say that we've made it. Like we are creating as we go. You know, you and Mike, you're creating this family as you go. You're creating experiences as you go. You're learning more about one another as you go. So, and that's how I feel. And I think it, I, I'm excited. And that, I think, used to make me anxious in the past. Like, oh, is this the right person? You know, are, are we going to grow up together? Are we going to grow apart? Like, what's going to happen? Are they still going to like me in three years? Whatever. And what I've been trying to do instead of letting, or this is a big one for me, what is going to happen in life? What is life going to throw at us that's going to break us? Like that's a thought that I have constantly. And I've been trying to reframe that to less anxiety around the future and more excitement, you know? And not to be like fake positive or anything like that, but Every challenge that Carlos and I have gone through till this day, we have overcome and it has made us better. Yeah. And it makes me think like, what if I had given up on this relationship the first six months? I wouldn't be able to be here and say that. I wouldn't be the person that I am now because of what we've gone through as a couple or because of the support I have in my life or because of the way that I'm loved. 
now, you know? And so I think it's really hard to be optimistic and say, like, we're going to go through it. And I think, you know, I think that there is a time for negativity or, like, or pessimism. Like, sometimes you're just too deep in the shit that, like, you can't see your way out of it. Which is totally a natural human experience, and I get that. But I think one of the things that for sure has helped me is to get excited about the future and even excited about the challenges, you know, um, that are going to happen. And what are we, how am I going to come out on the other side? And I think so far we have been so much better on the other side. And so I always look at the past for confirmation that we can do whatever challenge is in front of us now. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like, we went through that shit in the past. We got through it. We can go through this one, too. Yeah. And I think that's what keeps me excited. And, you know, also having a partner that wants to do the hard stuff with me. I think something that Mike has done for you and continues to do for you is that he doesn't check out you know I'm sure that he's going through his own stuff too he has feelings about it he's hurt yeah it's just as a loss for him but when you're in pain or when the grieving comes back and it hits you hard he doesn't go he doesn't check out he doesn't go to the gym he doesn't say well I'm over it or Hannah stop talking about it right yeah it's like he's never been dismissive he goes there with you and he's present. And I just feel like, my God, that is everything. Having someone sit in the dark place with you is everything. It's very, you can be happy next to anybody. When you have money, when you have good health, when you're driving the car that you want, when you're living in the house that you want, when everything is going your way, who cares who's next to you? Like, you're just happy. Everything is, you know... It's easy. It's easy. So you're like, yeah, sure. When shit hits the fan, who you have next to you really matters. And the more I'm in my relationship, the more challenges we go through, I always think, like, I'm so glad that I'm going through this hard thing with this person and not somebody else. Like, I never want to experience, you know... The loss of a child. I never want to experience the loss of a pet. I never want to experience loss in general. I don't want to experience heartache. I don't want to experience any of that. But I know I will. And if I have to, I want to do it with my person. And I think that's the way to look at it. It's like who you want to go through hard things with and who will want to go through it with you. Yeah. And I think too, you know, just like for anyone that has gone through this, you know, whether you're a woman that's gone through this or the partner, anyone like that, like, it's okay to just sit with your feelings. And, like, it's okay to feel whatever you're feeling at that time. But just know that, like, it's not your fault. And I know that's really hard. But I I think, you know, just being able to give yourself grace... And just allow yourself to sit with how you're feeling and just continue to know that you will get through it, I think is just the biggest thing. And for a while, I had to just 
I, I had to hate myself, to be honest. Like, I hated myself. I couldn't, I couldn't look in the mirror. It just physically, I hated myself mentally. Like, everything I, like, I've never actually experienced that before. Mm-hmm. I hated myself. And I think I needed to go that low to realize it wasn't true. And I, yeah. like, I think it was just, like, me hating myself so much for months. I was, like, it's almost just, like, that realization where it's, like, but this actually wasn't my fault. And there was nothing that anyone could have done. And we'll get through this together. Yeah. Yeah. So. And you will. And we will. Yeah. And so I'm here for anyone that needs to. Yeah, Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I would say if you're going through something like this, reach out, you know. Um, I don't know if the DMs are open. I'm assuming the DMs are open. (laughs) The DMs are open. So if you want to share your story, if you just want to send, like, an audio through the DM or something or a long message, um, I think it would be interesting to hear what other women are going through or other couples are going through. I also want just for the sake of clarity, I just want to say that when we've talked about hardship and challenges in this episode and, you know, how you should work on it and stick it out and and communicate, we're not talking about abuse. Yeah. And we're not talking about, you know, any of that. If you are in a situation where it's dangerous, there's nothing to work out. You just need to leave. Yeah. Um, The things that we've talked about today are just things that happens in life and just seasons of life we're not talking about disrespect or abuse or 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 anything like that so I don't want anyone listening to this to think that you know I really need to just communicate better with this (laughs) man or woman who's abusing me like no you just need to leave um but this has been good thanks for letting me Thanks for doing this. Thank you for doing this. I'm. I didn't ever think I would. So proud of you and shocked that you know we had this conversation on air, and that you're willing to talk about your messiness while it's still messy. Well, it's. Yeah. Yeah. Like you don't have answers, and Nothing. you don't have anything to show for the suffering. You're just still suffering. So that's so brave that you really opened up about it. I'm, I'm sure it's going to reach a lot of women. So thank you. Yeah. All right. And I think that's all we have for today. That is all we have. All right. Hopefully next week won't be as a, maybe next week will be yeah. more lighthearted. <laughs> or maybe not. Maybe we'll be in our feelings again. <laughs> This podcast is just starting out, so I would love if you could rate and review this on whatever platform you use podcasts on, and also check out our Instagram. All of our social media is lawless underscore design, and our website is lawless design if you want to contact us and work together on an interior design project.